Good afternoon. Um, the scientific uh, references for everything that I say today will be listed um, under articles at www.drcarney.com, D-R-C-A-R-N-E-Y.com, if you're interested in the scientific references or the handout for this one. I thought we would save some trees, and you can print if you, if you want to print it, if you, if you just want it in digital format, it's right there in drcarney.com. And thank you so much for coming. In Ellen White's book, Confrontation, which has been since renamed Victory Through Christ, Jesus overcame the three temptations from Satan in the wilderness, the first one being appetite, about which we'll be speaking today. Mankind first fell into sin on the point of appetite, and um, yet some people say, Appetite is not a salvational issue. On page 51 of this book, we read, All was lost when Adam yielded to the power of appetite. The Redeemer, in whom both the human and the divine were united, stood in Adam's place and endured a terrible fast of nearly six weeks. The length of this fast is the strongest evidence of the great sinfulness of debased appetite and the power it has upon the human family. That's from page 51. And on the next page... Satan approached Christ with temptation upon appetite. He had overcome Adam upon this point, and Satan had controlled Adam's descendants, and through indulgence of appetite had led them to provoke God by iniquity until their crimes were so great that the Lord destroyed them from off the face of the earth by the waters of the flood. Because the subject of life without meat, dairy, or oil is so confrontational, I invite you to pray with me that we may be empowered by the Holy Spirit to believe scientific truths such as how oil hijacks our taste buds so that together we can learn to choose palatability over mere deliciousness. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Heavenly Father, we are gathered here to plead for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit in latter rain power. We cannot keep your health laws without your power, dear God. We cannot even believe the scientific truths about high-fat foods hurting our health unless you enlighten our minds with truth and set us free from our addictions. Please, Lord, hide me behind the cross of your precious Son, Jesus, in whose name we come to you today. Amen. What do you think is the most destructive addiction facing Americans today? What is the health message? The largest, most destructive epidemic of addiction in the U.S. is not caused by tobacco, drugs, or alcohol, although that is part of the health message. Um, it is the epidemic of our addiction to high-fat foods, to unhealthy foods. What, what causes unhealthy foods? Animal protein in the diet, um, high-fat content. How high is too high? We're going to talk today about the evidence that shows that a diet with 20% or less of calories from fat can be very health protective and health relieving. And some people with really severe genetic strikes against them, they need to get their fat content down to 10%. Tell me, when the children of Israel were going 40 years through the wilderness, 
Why would the Lord feed them manna, 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 breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 40 years in the wilderness? God is a God of vast biodiversity. He could have given them a seven-course meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the whole 40 years. They never had to eat the same thing twice. Why? Why was it manna waffles and manna burgers and manna bagels for 40 years in the wilderness? Was the Lord trying to teach them something about appetite? Was the Lord trying to teach them that food is to be life support and he was to be their deliciousness? Was the Lord trying to teach them that he was to be the desire of their hearts? Was he to be their comfort and not food? Was that what he was trying to tell them with manna, manna, manna? It makes beans, greens, squash, and yams sound positively like a feast, doesn't it? What do you think, tell me, what do you think is the most common cause of disability for young African-American males in this country, um, age 25 to 40? What do you think would be the most common cause of disability in the U.S.? Would it be trauma, vehicular trauma? Would it be gunshot? Would it be stroke? Could it be stroke? Could stroke be the most common factor for disability, not death, disability in African-American males aged 20 to 45? Consider with me the REGARDS study. REGARDS stands for Regional and Geographic, no, Reasons for Geographic and Racial Differences in Stroke. Uh, the REGARDS study talks about the Southern diet. I'm from Texas. I'm preaching to me, okay? The Southern diet is high in fried foods and meats and sugar-sweetened drinks and refined flours, and it downplays the importance of fruits, salads, um, vegetables, legumes. And the REGARDS trial is no slouch of a trial. It examined 30, more than 30,000 people, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact number memorized, 30,000 people, um, black and white Americans, over the age of 45, and it found that the Southern diet increased stroke risk by, what do you think, how much? 63%. Wow. In contrast, the low-fat plant-based diet reduced stroke risk by 20%. But I'm speaking to the people at Amen, and you know that. We're gathered here because you want to share with your neighbors, with your friends and relatives, your coworkers, or if you're a physician or healthcare provider, your patients, you want to share with them the beautiful truths that we have been given in the health message. What is the health message? How can we learn these scientific truths in such a way that we can present them in such a way that will draw people to the giver of all good gifts, our Father, so that we can help them to celebrate every pound lost and every addiction overcome as a gift from the Heavenly Father. How can we learn to do that? You can learn, um, wish I had these slides, but you can learn, um, and if you, if you need some help, you can go to www.drcardi.com and all the books where I learned these things and the lectures, they're there. You can click right on the picture. It'll take you right through to amazon.com. You can buy them. You can learn these things. You can teach them to the youth in your church. You can invite people to Forks Over Knives parties. That's a secular movie, but it's got a real message. You know the film, Forks Over Knives. You can cook a bunch of wonderful plant-based, oil-free food like Forks Over Knives advocates, and you can uh, invite friends and neighbors and, and start a discussion. Uh, 
or, or not, but I think that there'll be discussion after that movie and, and feed them delicious food. You can teach the youth in your church to do this for their friends. We can reach others for the Savior with this message. Is anyone else in the world trying to reach others with a message of health? What about Whole Foods Market? Why do they spend thousands of dollars per employee who comes to the Engine 2 diet immersion? Why do they spend thousands of diet dollars to let them spend a week with us um, learning how to eat a diet without meat, dairy, and oil? Um, we're, we're lecturing to them eight hours a day. We're not exercising them eight hours a day like on Biggest Loser. The exercise is offered. It's, there's an hour of optional exercise, but it's voluntary. They're listening to um, wonderful speakers, the, the stars of Forks Over Knives. The CEO of the Engine 2 Diet Immersion is Rip Esselstyn, and he hired me by God's grace. I, I am so fortunate to have been asked to be the medical director for seven of his first immersions, where twice a year in the spring and fall, we take the sickest employees of Whole Foods, those with the highest cholesterols, the most cancer, the, the most weight to lose, um, the highest blood pressures. We take them to a beautiful resort uh, north of Austin, at one time to Hawaii. We take them to a setting where we're lecturing to them uh, and feeding them buffet meals. All you can eat, seconds, thirds, there's, there's no food police uh, saying that they can't have all that they want to eat. And they're eating lots and they're loving the food. We're doing food demonstrations and showing them how to uh, prepare this food. And my job, I have an exciting job there. My job is to take them off their blood pressure medication before their blood pressures fall too low, because that's the power of the plant-based diet, as you well know. And my job is to cut those insulin doses 20% per day so that they don't bottom out with their, with their blood sugar levels, and it's exciting. And my staff draws the blood on Monday and Friday. I'm, I'm using a hypothetical week just to give you a picture that you know we're there about you know six and a half days. It's it's not it's not a long thing. And what kind of results do we get at the Engine Two Diet Immersion? Blood pressures fall um, quite a bit. I mean, I, I'm taking many of them off their blood pressure medicine by the by the end. Our average is 16 points drop in systolic in five days. People lose an average of about four pounds over the, over the five days, so they're losing almost a pound a day, eating all they can eat, exercising one hour a day if they want to. I mean, of course, exercise is important. We're encouraging them to exercise, uh, but you know they don't have to. Um, cholesterols have fallen 100 points in five days. Triglycerides have fallen 188 points in five days. And um, you know what? You know what's really interesting? They walk in with some genetic strikes against them, and they walk out with those same genetic strikes against them. So tell me about the power of genetics to cause disease. Sure, it's a factor, but diet trumps in many cases. Diet's about 80% of it. Diet's really important. And um, I, I, am, I am very blessed to be able to share with you some of the points. Um, in this room are people who've taught me. Thank you so much for those of you who have taught us wonderful things. Um, and, and some of the things that I've learned, um, one thing I learned from George Guthrie in the beautiful um, Lifestyle Center of America program, I, I have one of the last copies of those DVDs from the 90s. And, and what four factors are really, really important for people with genetic strikes against them to keep them from becoming diabetic? We need a low-fat, plant-based diet. 
a low-fat plant-based diet, <laughs> breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, supper like a pauper, um, and uh, try to get those calories done by 6.30 p.m. But that's not all. Exercise is important. We need to exercise. Please come, come. There, there are seats up here. It's, go right ahead. Please come in. Um, we need exercise. Um, if you can exercise uh, 30 minutes a day, six days a week, that really helps to overcome insulin resistance. We need a diet without alcohol, caffeine, or vinegar. Are those vinegar? What does vinegar have to do with diabetes? Does vinegar swell the airway? Anybody seen the scientific evidence that vinegar swells the airway? What percentage of all new diabetics have sleep apnea? 50%. What percentage of all new heart failure patients have sleep apnea? 80%. Sleep apnea is important, and that's my fourth factor. If you don't get to bed before 10 p.m., and if you don't um, uh, treat sleep apnea if you have it, it's much, much harder for you to overcome your insulin resistance because of the hormones ghrelin, leptin, cortisol. It's important to treat sleep apnea. It's important to get two hours sleep before midnight because two hours sleep before midnight is worth four hours sleep after midnight. Speaking of addictions, what's one of the most hardest addictions to conquer, even harder than food? You see, we can live without heroin, we can live without cocaine, we can live without tobacco, we can live without alcohol, we can't live without food, and we need to work. You know, we're, we're working during the day. For me, for, my, for me personally, work is the um, biggest, is the biggest addiction um, that, that I have, and it's, and it's a very common addiction to, uh, for people to stay up late. So many times in my private practice, although I'm board certified in emergency medicine, I'm running a solo general practice just south of Austin, Texas. So many times people say to me that, oh, I never get to bed until midnight. You know, oh, it's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm not going to get to bed. And, and it is my job to gently speaking the truth in love as the spirit can empower me, as he can empower each of you, whether you're an MD or not. Um, to, to tell them the connection between sleep and blood sugar. Um, I check my blood sugar every morning. Both of my parents are diabetic. I know firsthand what happens to my blood sugar if I stay up past 10 p.m. Am I perfect? Absolutely not, but I serve a perfect savior, and he is empowering me to, to overcome these addictions. Um, a lot of food addictions. I, I'm a recovering food addict, and um, so lest you think that, that I've got it all together, the Lord is, is helping each of us. We're all a work in progress. You know, we can't keep the Ten Commandments in our own power. We need Jesus living out his life within us in order to be able to keep the Ten Commandments. We need Jesus living out his life within us in order to be able to keep the health laws too, don't we? If we don't have um, the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot keep the health laws. Is there... Um, in, at this time in the world's history, more vegans probably than that our country has seen in the last 50 years, there are. Only 2% of the population, but, but it's growing. And Whole Foods, are they talking about building a lifestyle center in Austin? Similar to, you know, what we had at Battle Creek, what we have at Weimar. Wow, these wonderful places where so much good is done. Uh, is Whole Foods going to build a lifestyle center? Wow. And Whole Foods is getting some remarkable results, too. And um, do they know something that we don't know? Do they know something about oil that perhaps some of us have missed? So um, this is who hired me, um, Rip Esselstyn, um, to um, help uh, with the um, Engine 2 diet immersion. And um, these are our participants. 
and um, it's a buffet. And Dr. Um, T. Colin Campbell sometimes uh, lectured for us, and Dr. Esselstyn and his whole family, Jeff Novick, and uh, my staff um, takes the measurements. And um, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that you won't miss this slide. Um, this dear lady is five feet, I'm sorry, yeah, five feet tall and 400 pounds in the first picture. In the second picture, she and her mom are standing each in a leg of her former pair of pants. Uh, the, the patient is in the green shirt. And, and this is the power of the plant-based diet. And is the plant-based diet powerful? Yes, it is. Is it powerful apart from the Lord? Wow, that's a good question. All good gifts come from him. So whether people acknowledge that health behavior change is a gift from God or not, um, hmm. but are there people who are saying spirituality has no part in health reform? There, there are, but, but we think differently, don't we? And we can help people to see the total picture, the whole picture, the restoration of God's lost image in man. Um, I want you to know that a diet without meat, dairy, and oil is delicious. And you can have your taste buds changed in about 30 days. Rip Esselstyn does the 28-day challenge where you set aside meat, dairy, and oil for 28 days. Taste buds can learn to like beans, greens, squash, and yams. Those are categories of foods. Um, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, um, uh, nuts sparingly. The food can be delicious. And after 30 days, it starts tasting better to you. And after a year, it starts tasting great. And, and after several years, you can realize, wow, I can have it all. I can have food that I love, all this energy, um, no more medicines, not always, but many people can get off their medicines, lower my risks of disease. Many people feel, okay, um, I'm skinny and I have no symptoms, therefore I'm healthy. But true health is much more than that. We know that true health is in lowered risks. And we know that coronary artery disease, the number one killer of Americans, starts in adolescence. Who am I quoting? Cleveland Clinic. They just published a physician's guide to acute coronary syndrome. And the first term, the first sentence in it says, atherosclerosis is a disease that starts in adolescence. It starts with damage to the endothelial cell, the lining cell of the artery. And it's like, good. And so much of the truth is known. Many times what our enemy does, um, Satan puts 98% of the truth with just 2% error, 2% error. If you had a dish of green peas, a nice warm dish of green peas, and you stirred in just 2% of LSD, would you feed that to your two-year-old? You wouldn't. You wouldn't because a little bit of error has made the whole thing bad. Um, and so um, let's consider the woman who was bleeding for 12 years. In Luke 8, we read, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, having spent everything she had on doctors, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, if this whole crowd is pressing up against you, but Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. 
Are your patients suffering? Are they anemic? Do they have um, problems that need real answers? Of course they are. And um, what did this lady's touch mean to her? In Malachi, there was a prophecy that for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. But the Hebrew word for wings could be translated tassels. The Jewish men wore tassels on the corners of their clothing. Based on this prophecy, the Jewish people in that day expected the Messiah to have healing in his tassels. What was she saying when she reached out? Was she saying, I believe you're God. I believe you can heal me. What is your suffering? What is your patient's suffering? How can we modern people be healed when Jesus isn't here for us to physically touch him? Jesus may heal differently than the instantaneous boom that he healed her with, but he could empower us to know the principles of um, disease management, disease prevention, so that our Heavenly Father, who loves us too much to merely forgive our sin, he wants to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to help us walk forward in life cleaner and less diseased. And I know you want to bring that to your patients, right? So you can learn, is there a link between the factors that could cause uterine bleeding in a woman and the factors that could cause cancer in a man or in a woman? What is that link? That link is too much estrogen. That's not the only link, but we're going to explore that one today. You, you were warned that it was, a, it was a talk on women's health, but it, it relates so much to men, too. The, the same principles can apply even if you don't have a uterus. And if you, but if you've ever loved a sister, a daughter, a, a mother, a wife, a girlfriend, um, there are people in your life that can, that can benefit from what you're going to learn today. Forgive me, many of you already know this, but for others it'll be a refresher. Many factors cause cancer, but estrogen promotes cell growth. And cells growing out of control, that's the definition of cancer. And estrogen is like fertilizer. It promotes growth. The um, estrogen is like lawn fertilizer making cells grow. Progesterone is like lawn mower, keeping things trimmed, shedding blood out. Overgrowth of cells is called cancer. If you've got too much estrogen, you could increase your risk of cancer. And we're an over-estrogenized society. Estrogen makes things grow, whether that thing is a fetus, the plush blood lining of the uterus, a breast, or a cancer. Too much estrogen can lead to too much bleeding, especially in American women age 40. Um, they could have iron deficient anemia. That leads to headaches, fatigue, depression, too tired to exercise. It, anemia can create pica, where you want to crunch rocks, ice, or uh, dirt. Um, heavy, frequent bleeding can be caused by estrogen because estrogen is like a lawn fertilizer. And the more estrogen imbalance, the more abnormal bleeding. So doctor, do I need a blood test of my estrogen? No, because in this country, the bell-shaped curve for what's normal for estrogen is so broad that it encompasses almost everybody. What matters is estrogen at the cellular level, where you can't measure it. What about soy, doctor? Should I eat soy? Well, soy is a high-fat food, and we're going to learn the link between fat and the food and um, estrogen creation. But soy can be protective against breast cancer if you have it in the unprocessed form. Well, how processed is too processed, doctor? Is, is, is tofu too processed? No, tofu has not been shown to be too processed. Soy milk, not, not too processed. But I don't drink it as a beverage. It's a lot of calories. And I'm over the age of 50. I'm 53 years old, and I don't need all those calories now um, in this stage of life. So soy is a decoy when it's um, 
the phytoestrogens in soy are like a decoy because they bind to the cell's receptor and they prevent real estrogen from binding and doing its damage. Think of a big jumbo jet, and the big jumbo jet is called estrogen, and it wants to land on the runway. But the private pilot has gotten in there and he's taken over the runway first. And so now the air traffic controls makes the big jumbo jet keep circling, cannot land until the private pilot's airplane is off the runway. So that's what um, plant estrogen can do for us. It can keep real estrogen from landing on the runway and doing its damage. Excess estrogen can cause um, cancer growth of hormonal type cancers as well as non-hormonal cancers. Male patients um, are the only ones who get prostate cancer. I'm sure you know that. And they can take sometimes Lupron shots, which are a shot that lowers estrogen, which causes men to suffer hot flashes. And they suffer bitterly from that. They hate those hot flashes. Excessive amounts. <laughs> <laughs> Excessive amounts of um, estrogen can cause non-hormonal cancers, such as cancers of the colon, brain, lung, skin, thyroid. A little bit of fire is a good thing on your stove burner to heat your food. Wildfire out of control can be very destructive. Same with estrogen. Estrogen, a little bit, just the right amount, can be a very good thing. Too much is out of control. It's a two-edged sword. So what are the problems caused by too much estrogen? We don't know if the bleeding lady in the Bible was suffering nosebleeds, rectal bleeds, GI bleeds, who, who knows what kind, but I'm, I'm going to assume for purposes of this talk that it was uterine bleeding. And heavy bleeding can be caused by uterine cancer or not, uh, not cancer. You can still have um, heavy bleeding from too much estrogen. It takes years to catch up with you. Usually women are suffering it in their 40s, but I know of 30s and 20-somethings who have undergone hysterectomy because of this. Um, high blood pressure. We're going to talk today about Oh, I hope, I hope we have time. We're going to talk today about high blood pressure can be caused by more things than just salt. How oils can cause high blood pressure. How estrogens can cause high blood pressure. Blood clots. Premature development of young girls. Young girls starting their period at age eight. You've probably seen this in your practices. It's very sad. Um, delivering babies. Um, I'm an emergency physician by training. Delivering babies from 12-year-olds. It's, it's very sad. Can food relate to that? Can food cause that? Um, and of course, uterine tumors, which can be painful and cause excessive bleeding. Life doesn't end after hysterectomy, but it, it can be very different. And removal of the uterus could mean that intimacy is less pleasurable, tissues are narrowed, tighter, dry, uh, less accommodating. Um, meat and dairy are swarming with bacteria. And when that bacteria passes through the system and exits at the rectal area, it's such a close geographic distance that a woman with no uterine secretions flowing through to cleanse can get more vaginitis. And that could be expensive. and painful, not to mention how expensive and painful um, hysterectomy can be. Estrogen promotes pelvic pain. How many of your patients are suffering pelvic pain? How many of us are suffering pelvic pain because of food that we eat? Um, every month an egg cyst is made, and that's normal, but sometimes uh, some of the food that we eat and some of the beverages we drink can make those cysts grow painful, out of control. And of course, fibroid tumors shrink away after menopause when estrogen levels fall, so we know that fibroid tumors are related to estrogen level. Estrogen can promote premenstrual syndrome. Guess how many women who are in prison for violent crime, for murder, these, these kinds of crimes, guess how many and what percentage committed that crime within three days of starting her period? More than 90%. Wow. Is that startling? We, we can help people to, to understand some of these things. Um, so, so where does that too much estrogen come from? <coughs> Foods and beverages can create an excess of food. Uh, food and beverages can create an excess of estrogen in our body. Number, factor number one, dairy. 
Dairy has more than seven building blocks of estrogen, and there's too much estrogen in eggs because you know the, the um, God has designed an egg with growth factors so that that you know egg can grow into a baby chick. Uh, but there's too much estrogen uh, in these products. Cow's milk is perfect for turning a baby cow, an 80-pound baby cow, into an 800-pound yearling in one year. Cow's milk has estrogens and proteins. 20% of the calories from milk are, are protein. But what percentage of human breast milk has its, how many cal, what percentage of calories in human breast milk are from protein? Who can tell me? Less than 5%. You see, we're not baby cows. We don't need all that protein, and, and uh, cow's milk is great for baby cows, not so good for us. Would you like to know what causes osteoporosis? Do you need that dairy to get your calcium? Do you need that protein to make your bones strong? We don't. Osteoporosis is caused by an outflow of calcium in the urine, not by a lack of intake of calcium. There is no calcium deficiency. Did you know that the leafy green vegetables have all the calcium that you need if you're eating them at two different meals a day? They have all the omega-3 you need. The leafy green vegetables have all the protein you need. The leafy green vegetables have all the iron that you need. Milk does not do a body good. What are the five factors that make um, calcium flow out of the uh, urine? Um, alcohol and tobacco and caffeine. But hey, I'm talking to the crowd at Amen. Salt and animal protein in the diet. What is it about animal protein that makes the calcium flow out in the urine? Animal protein is made of amino acids so high in sulfur content that sulfuric acid is made. That acid has to be excreted by the kidney, that's its job, excrete acids, and calcium is leached out of the teeth and bones to uh, buffer that acid and out it goes in the urine. What diseases are related to cow's milk? Um, Many that you, that you wouldn't think, um, rheumatoid arthritis, acne, you know the marvelous results that places like Eden Valley and Yuchi Pines have when people are placed on the plant-based diet and the relief that they get from painful con conditions. Gynecomastia in boys, that's premature development of the teenage boy's chest so that it begins to look like a female chest. And um, when you help these people to see that meat and dairy could be doing that, and that they don't have to have surgery. I mean, some, some boys undergo surgery for that. Um, what a waste. Um, what other factors provide us with too much estrogen besides dairy? Too much fat in our food raises our estrogen level. All fats can raise our estrogen level, even plant-based fats. Am I against all fat in the food? No. Remember I said uh, less than 20% of fat is what we're, calories from fat is what we're feeding the um, patients at the Engine 2 diet immersion. But there are some foods so high in fat that people who are struggling with their weight, people who are struggling with some of these issues, may need to limit some of these foods. What, does, what word does Sister White use with the word nuts that, that, that is so commonly used, use them together, but we seldom use this word? What word? Sparingly, yes, thank you very much. That's it. Um, and um, wearing too much fat on our body also causes too much estrogen. Our adipose tissue is a factory for turning um, what we eat into estrogen. And um, that estrogen can risk fertility and um, back pain. And what other factors cause um, estrogen, too much estrogen besides dairy, eating fat, and wearing fat? Uh, drinking caffeine raises estrogen levels. This just came out last year in February. Uh, drinking caffeine can raise estrogen levels. Think about that when next time you drink a Coke, teenage boys. Um, even the small amounts in chocolate, there's tiny amounts of caffeine in chocolate and 
guys, do you really want that estrogen uh, raised by eating that? And um, eating cholesterol raises estrogen levels. And cholesterol is only found in meat and dairy. There is no cholesterol to speak of in significant amounts in um, plant foods. Eating a plant-based, low-fat diet that's high in fiber can help protect us against too much um, estrogen. And, and here's one way. The fiber can um, take the place of uh, cholesterol when, you, when you're not eating the cholesterol-laden foods and you are eating the fiber-laden foods, you're taking in less cholesterol. But let's talk about the liver. 24-7, the liver is like a washing machine taking things out of the bloodstream that don't belong there, like estrogen, sending it down a little tube called the bile duct into the intestines, where it's hoping for a sponge called fiber to soak up that estrogen and carry it out in the stool. Yes, it's true. The a stool of vegetarians eating a high-fiber diet has a higher estrogen content than the stool of people on the standard American diet. Aren't you glad it's not your job to check stool content for estrogen level? I am glad that that is not my job. Um, and so our adipose tissue, our body fat, turns the cholesterol we eat into estrogen. How does that happen? Let's look at the chemical structure. You don't have to be a chemist to see that these molecules look kind of similar, don't they? Estrogen, cholesterol, testosterone, they can get interchanged. Some of my patients are suffering PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Some of them have too much testosterone. Have I seen people heal from PCOS, heal from their infertility on a plant-based diet? Absolutely. They're taking in less cholesterol. They're making less testosterone. Testosterone levels can normalize on a low-fat plant-based diet without meat, dairy, and oil. Estrogen is like cholesterol, is like testosterone, in that they're all sterile compounds. They're all related. The lack of fiber in our diet can cause excess estrogen, and, and I've told you how the liver sends the um, estrogen down the bile duct and hoping for fiber to carry it out like a wheelbarrow or a sponge. Um, what is fiber, though? Fiber is found only in plants, especially unprocessed, unrefined plant, plants, like brown rice instead of white rice, and like whole grain flour, like whole wheat flour instead of, instead of refined flour. Um, there are two types of fiber. Soluble fiber swells when you cook it in water, like brown rice or steel-cut oats or whole oat groats. Um, insoluble fiber does not swell in water. Picture a stalk of celery sitting in a glass of water. Eight hours later, it would still be the same size of a stalk of celery. It's not going to swell in water. But it has other benefits. It fills us up. It's the weight loss miracle because it fills up your stomach. It activates the stretch receptor so you feel satisfied. The food has to weigh something in your stomach. Many of us eat about a pound of food and then you know we feel full. And you can eat a pound of food with 4,000 calories in it or you can eat a pound of food with 400 calories in it. Which one do you think is going to make you uh, stay at your normal weight? So tell me, what food has 4,000 calories per pound? Oil. All oils. Okay. And so if real men eat plants, um, <laughs> um, we, can, we can show that this is a message for both genders. There's no fiber in animal products. So no fiber in the eggs, the yogurt, no fiber in the oils. That's one of the things that I have against oils, is that they've been removed from their fiber. What does Ellen White say? The oil of the olive, as found in the olive, can be beneficial. This is a paragraph on constipation. But oil removed from its fiber can hurt the endothelial cell and cause vasoconstriction. We're going to um, show you some slides about that. And I'm so thankful. Thank you so much that I have some of these slides to show. Um, 
Drinking too much alcohol can lead to excessive estrogen levels in our body. So now you know how that works because you know about the liver's role in taking the estrogen out. So anything that diverts the liver's attention from what it's supposed to do, um, it, it's going to make it so that the estrogen doesn't get taken out because if the body doesn't stop what it's doing and, okay, it doesn't stop, it does a million things, but you know, if the body doesn't turn its attention to dealing with alcohol, that person's going to go unconscious and the body knows that this is a mission critical thing. It has to deal with the alcohol. So um, we, we can talk to the young people in our church about alcohol and realize that every sip of beer is raising that guy's estrogen level. Okay. And animal feed contains hormones and antibiotics. Does animal feed contain antibiotics even if it's labeled organic? Mm-hmm. Guess what happens to 80% of all the antibiotics produced in the United States of America each year? Into the food of healthy animals. Animals whose meat is labeled organic, too. Yeah, because that's not against the law for them. Because Why? Because the antibiotics make the bodies bigger and rounder. And um, the rancher's selling by the pound. And so, you know, we want to keep the meat supply healthy, they think. This is a huge cause of antibiotic resistance in this country. Much, much greater cause than what you always hear about is doctors prescribing that penicillin for that sore throat. Um, we're not as much to blame as the diet is for antibiotic resistance. And um, one of the things that causes yeast vaginitis a lot is eating um, meat and dairy because of these traces of um, antibiotics that are found in you know, the eggs, the cheese, the yogurt. And guess what percentage? I just did a little, a little study. I mean, I haven't published this or anything. In my, in my own patients, there are some that will get off all meat, dairy, and oil if I ask them to. And guess what percentage of my patients who come suffering uh, every three months, every so often with, with yeast vaginitis, guess what percentage of them don't have any more yeast vaginitis after they've given up meat, dairy, and oil for three months? 100% of them don't have it anymore. Wow, that's a pretty good one, isn't it? The fat that we eat can become the fat that we wear and become the estrogen we make. And now you see why I say our society is over-estrogenized. But now you see why it, it takes God's power to even believe what I'm saying, to be, even believe that this is scientifically valid. This is, this is a tough message for people to swallow. Um, why did the Jewish leaders back in the day reject their Messiah? Was it because he looked different than the Messiah that they're expecting? Why do some people today reject the health message? Jesus isn't here that we can boom, touch him and have instantaneous healing. But if our task as co-laborers with Jesus is to meet people's needs by showing them the health message, um, we don't want to reject the things that could help people not to suffer so much. Sometimes it goes against our own grain, especially if we're slender and, and feeling pretty healthy. It's, some of the things I'm saying are, are hard to swallow. I know that. Um, God loves us enough to help us, to empower us, um, so that we don't reject um, things that could be for our healing. If you listen to my voice and keep my laws, there won't be any of these diseases on you that I allowed to come upon those who won't keep my law out of love for me. I am the Lord, your healer. Um, forgive me, I just paraphrased it in my own words, but, but that text has great meaning for me. Let's talk about the endothelial cell and how olive oil can raise blood pressure. How does it do that? You can see an artery coming at you out of this slide, and the lining 
is the endothelial cell. Endo means inside. And that cell secretes nitric oxide, a gas with a very short half-life whose job is to dilate the artery to its maximum wide-open youthfulness. Nitric oxide dilates arteries so that you can have healthy blood flow. Who am I quoting when I say perfect health depends on perfect circulation? Um, with arteries wide open, the aging process can be slowed down, if not reversed in some um, instances. But what happens when there's no more nitric oxide? When something has hurt the endothelial cell, then the artery vasoconstricts. And it narrows down because the oil prevented the endothelial cell from making <coughs> nitric oxide. In 1999, Dr. Robert Vogel of the University of Maryland gave test subjects in the brachial artery tourniquet test olive oil. And he measured with Doppler ultrasound the diameter of their arteries. And feeding olive oil to people made them squeeze down their arteries within 20 minutes so that blood flow was restricted 31% and stayed restricted for four hours. How often do we eat? Like every five hours? It's like, how often do we restrict our blood flow with a diet so high in fat? Now, there are some sources of fat uh, that are high in omega-3. What sources of fat have more omega-3 than they do omega-6 and 9, the ones that restrict the artery? Walnuts, flax, and chia have a higher percentage of omega-3 um, than uh, 6 and 9. You know, chia, chia pets, and um, pudding, a, a delicious pudding can be made out of chia. One cup of chia, nine cups of water. Isn't that an amazing ratio? That stuff swells. Um, Walnuts can be made into dressings in the blender, a cup of water, a tablespoon of walnuts, um, some lime juice, um, onion, garlic, dill, sage. It's, it's a dressing uh, for all the vegetables that you don't like, but you're learning to like so that you can learn to eat that manna. <laughs> Olive oil constricts the arteries within 20 minutes after eating, and now the endothelial cell can't produce nitric oxide, and your arteries just got smaller. Um, is coconut oil healthy? Many people think it is, but it actually um, also hurts the endothelial cell because it's removed from its fiber. All the oils promote atherosclerosis. Dr. Rudell of Wake Forest University gave um, African green monkeys two different diets. He gave one a group of African green monkeys, which by the way, they metabolize fat like a lot like humans do, so they're a good stand-in for us. He gave um, one group of monkeys saturated fat, like the kind found in you know, cheese and yogurt and eggs. And, um, and the, uh, the other group, he gave them unsaturated fat, like the kind found in olive oil. And so when he measured the blood test, the ones on the olive oil had better looking numbers. But at autopsy, equal amounts of atherosclerosis, equal amounts of artery-plugging, killing disease. But the monkeys fed the um, monounsaturated fat had a false sense of security because their numbers looked better. Ooh, tricky. Who's the father of lies? Is any oil healthy? I'm not sure. Um, leafy greens um, can nourish the endothelial cell and make them happy enough to produce lots of nitric oxide so that when our arteries are dilated wide open, it helps our skin clear up, reduces back pain, lowers our blood pressure. At the end of five days of the Engine 2 diet immersion, people are like, hey, my carpal tunnel's gone. I mean, they're just coming up to me and doing the happy dance. My back doesn't hurt anymore. My shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. Not all of them, but many of them are experiencing things like this because when you get blood flow, the body tries to repair itself. 
So nourishing the endothelium with um, dark leafy green vegetables is a very good thing to do. Does it seem too peculiar to eat them at breakfast? Wow, why would I eat them at breakfast? We're going to talk about addictions. And let me just see how many. Ooh, time is. Oh, thank you. Thank you, doctor. Um, when I gave up oil, um, I, I lost my asthma. I've, I've been asthmatic since infancy. And um, when I was 36 years old, I first heard of Hans Deal and the CHIP program. And uh, what a blessing, what a great blessing that was to me. And then I went through a painful divorce. And I backslid and uh, didn't care what I ate and uh, to turn my back on this truth. And um, then at age 44, I, after I had been remarried, I was afraid to marry him. I was afraid he was going to make me vegan. And, um, <laughs> and uh, at, at age 44, um, the Lord broke through to my stubborn mind and helped me to become, again, completely plant-based, but still eating olive oil, veginase, diet cheese, uh, earth-balanced margarine, the only margarine with no animal products in it. And um, so still wheezing. But at age 50, when I met Rip Esselstyn and became his medical director, and I learned this stuff about olive oil. I'm Sicilian. Olive oil is part of my culture. But I gave it up and no more wheezing. And have I backslid since then? Yes, I have. And so the wheezing and the mucus returned. Um, I love not being asthmatic. And there is no oil so tasty that I would rather eat the oil and wheeze than not. So I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord. Let's talk about addictions. Why do we do what we do? Addictions um, are habit-forming uh, things that, you know, when you stop doing it, it causes trauma. This is my simple definition of addictions, doing something repeatedly after I know it harms me. And so is marijuana bad for our health? Yes, it causes cancer, especially testicular cancer. It harms our brains. The memory loss is often not showing up until long after they stop smoking marijuana to middle age. We know that alcohol harms our health. We do what we do because we want to feel better. Thoughts and beliefs create feelings out of which flows behavior, even health behavior. That was a, a slide of meth mouth. Why would people take a substance until it destroys their dental health? Cognitive, and thank you so much to Dr. Nedley for all he's taught me about cognitive behavioral therapy. If you haven't uh, seen the Depression Recovery Seminar, you need to see that because that can bring such hope to your patients. But um, activating events lead to thoughts and beliefs. Activating events can be outside us. You know, an earthquake is happening, so we've got a thought and belief and a feeling about that, and we're going to do something about that. But activating events can arise from within us, too. And when we have pain, that's kind of an internal sensation. When we have sinking blood sugar levels and they're not stabilized, they're on the roller coaster up and down. That can be an activating event, and we think something about that, and we do something. Are we doing anything self-destructive that's making those blood sugar levels swing? Um, the good news is that by changing our thoughts and beliefs, we can create better feelings, which can create better behaviors. And we're here because we want to learn to have people change health behaviors and find the savior. The good news was predicted in a prophecy, and the good news is the great physician, Jesus. 
He came to set the captives free from all their addictions. Pardon me for not taking the time to read that. There are two thieves in all addictions. The little thief is the physical addiction, and the big thief is the psychological addiction. What we say to ourselves to keep doing that self-destructive behavior. And the big thief, it's called the big thief, because that's the harder one to kick. Um, if we know that doing this thing, like staying up past 10 p.m., if we know that that harms our health, then we have to sort of deceive ourselves and justify it and, and say these things to ourselves to keep doing the self-destructive behavior. I can quit smoking anytime I want to. Can a party be any fun without alcohol? Other things we say to myself, it's my life, nobody tells me what to do. Beware when your work is ministry. It's good to have work as ministry. All work should be ministry, but when your work is ministry, how easy it is to overwork. We don't want to burn out early. Poor James White, he died too early. He worked so hard. Poor Dr. Kellogg, he lost his way. Overwork was a part of that. The big thief lies to you. You shall not surely die. The big thief must be replaced by the truth. Jesus used sad images such as leprosy to compare the big thief to the destructive behavior that it is. And does it take any willpower? If I have a loaded syringe of heroin right here and I said, do you want it? It'll help you sleep. It'll take your pain away. It doesn't take any willpower for you not to grab that syringe of heroin and use it. Why? You know that I'm speaking the truth. It does take away pain. It does help you sleep. But the short-term benefit does not outweigh the risk of the long-term harm. So you don't even want that syringe of heroin. It doesn't take any willpower. When you replace the big thief with the truth, and now you know the truth about olive oil. When you replace the big thief as with the truth, <laughs> you can realize that what's happening is that we're addicted to food because certain foods raise us above baseline. We want to feel better, and the pleasure center in our brain is like a bank account stored with the endorphins, the serotonins, the dopamines to make us feel good, and certain foods hit that pleasure center, and out come the feel-good chemicals. And when they do, we experience what I call the unnatural high, which, by the way, Brussels sprouts never bring you. <laughs> that's why there's no Brussels sprout addictions. There are certain foods, certain beverages, that lead us to the unnatural high. But what's wrong with the unnatural high? The unnatural high leads to the unnatural low. It has to, because the unnatural high fritters away all the uh, feel-good chemicals. They're, we're depleted. We, we burst out too many at once. We couldn't use them all. And so then the next day, that fatigue of the next day was caused by yesterday's caffeine. But it's so far in the future, we don't put the two together. You see, if the minute we... Uh, uh, took the olive oil, we felt the effects of vasoconstriction, we felt the blood pressure going up, well, we wouldn't do it, but because we would know. And, and you all know the effects of heroin. That's why it doesn't take any willpower for you not to use it. Um, what foods create the unnatural high? Foods high in fat, even plant-based foods. But the more fiber in the food, the less the fat hits the pleasure center, so fiber is a good thing. Caffeine trips the pleasure center. Sugar and flowers that break easily into little molecules and get easily absorbed into the bloodstream and up goes the sugar level, that hits the pleasure center. You feel better when things made with flour temporarily. Animal product, products, we know that animal proteins are addicting. Casein binds with our endorphins to make casomorphines, and so casein is very, very addicting. There are 20 different words that the food industry uses to disguise the fact that casein, which is 86% of the protein found in milk, is in those foods. Lactalbumin phosphate, caramel color, 
natural flavoring. How much fat is too much fat? When we have more than 20% of fat, we may create excessive estrogen, we may get too much cholesterol, we may become diabetic. Today's caffeine is tomorrow's fatigue. This is an unusual slide. I realize that this seems very peculiar to you. Am I saying that you have to eat this for breakfast? No, you don't. Am I saying that eating this kind of food for breakfast can help those of your patients who are addicted to have biochemical willpower? Yes. Why would you eat such things for breakfast? Because it stabilizes your blood sugar with all the fiber in those beans. And the protein in the greens kicks an adrenaline into your system that gives you energy and makes you feel full and, and feeling good. And these are categories. Beans could be lentils, so split peas. Greens could be raw salads or, or cooked greens. Uh, squash represents all the colorful vegetables. Yams is the root vegetables. We need complex carbohydrates for satiety. You know what they call the gladiators of old? Barley men, because uh, barley was what fueled their legendary strength. You can have food that you love. Nobody has to leave the table hungry. Nobody has to um, eat for you know, deprivation, eat yucky food. The food can be palatable. But when we're eating for that deliciousness of the standard American diet, then we could be on the roller coaster of addiction. And um, when you fill your stomach, you can fill your stomach with 400 calories or 4,000 calories if you're eating about a pound of food. You can see the stomach with the small amount, um, that's oil, and that small amount means that that person, she's gonna seek out more food. She feels you know, that gnawing emptiness in her stomach. Why? Her stretch receptors have not been activated. The weight receptors of her stomach have not been activated. The food doesn't weigh enough. The middle uh, stomach filled with chicken, so many of you understand you wouldn't eat chicken, but can you do the same thing by eating too much peanut butter, too much coconut, other avocado, high-fat foods? You can. If you have a weight problem, this may help you to consider how the principle of calorie density can, can help you. Fiber is our friend because fiber takes up space. It weighs something in the stomach, but it doesn't have any calories. Same with water. Water takes up space when the watery fruits and vegetables are eaten. Um, the watery beans, the watery oatmeal, takes up space in the stomach, no calories. Um, and, and what to eat? Low-fat plant-based diet. The, silver metal, the gold medal goes to the leafy green vegetables because what they do for the endothelium. And the silver medal is all the other veggies and legumes get the bronze and fruit comes next. What to drink? Try not to drink beverages with calories. Did you know that the whole Esselstyn family doesn't drink anything but water in a glass, ever? Interesting, isn't it? Two hours of sleep before midnight are worth four hours of sleep after midnight if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to become non-diabetic. And um, um, the secret is surrounding yourself with healthy food, but there's an even more important secret than that. And that is the fact that there are three things, three steps to help you finish strong. We need to learn the information so that we can share it with others in a winsome way. I share three, point, uh, three slide PowerPoints with my patients all the time in the exam room on a little tablet. Um, depends what they're in for, what the chief complaint is. If they're in for phlegm and congestion, I let them know that high fat foods cause the phlegm and the congestion. Um, if, uh, number two is you need to learn the practical, the how to. How do you saute onions without oil? Well, uh, sprinkles of water, keep shoveling, very, very hot, hot pan. If you use nonstick, you can, you can use a nonstick pan. You don't have to use nonstick. Um, 
But the third thing is the most important. We have to ask God to fill us with his power. And I wanted to let you know that I have adopted some of the things that I've learned at previous Amen um, talks. One of the things that I say to my patients is, um, when a patient is new, we have a prayer list in our office. And from time to time, my staff and I gather together and we pray for the patients on our prayer list. Sometimes people ask us to add us to the add them to the prayer list if they are facing a new diagnosis, such as I gave you today, or if they're facing addictions such as tobacco, or they're trying to kick alcohol over usage. And so, would you like to be added to our prayer list? And so, depending on what the patient says, how they react to that, some patients are like, eh, eh, okay. You know, well then, give them some time. Give them some time to think. Don't, don't go further with, I don't, I don't always go further with that. Um, some are like, nope, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want anything to do with it. And then I put in the margin of my uh, electronic medical records, no prayer, because this person has told me I don't, I don't want that. And so um, as they build a relationship with trust with me, maybe the Holy Spirit will give me another opportunity, but I'm going to respect their wishes. If they say, no, don't put me on the prayer list. I don't want to hear about that ever again. And some people say, yeah, put, put me on your prayer list. And some people are like, yeah, it can't hurt. You know, need all the help I can get. And so, then, and so then I say to them, would you like me to offer a prayer for your health right now? And uh, I thank Dr. Tim Howe for teaching me those phrases here at the Amen conferences in the past. And that has worked beautifully in my practice. And there are some people, would you believe, I don't use this as a marketing thing. There are some people who come because they heard that I'm the doctor that prays with the patients. They come from you know, an hour's drive away because of that. Um, give it a try. Now, um, Dr. Richard Bland of United Prisons Ministries, he's got a beautiful book, um, Bible Answers to Your Questions. And inside there, if, if you would like to be able to use a different method, there's a, a phrase that says, prayer is the answer to every problem. And so his method is, he opens the book to that, and he says, would you read me what that says? Prayer is the answer to every problem. So the patient reads it, and he says, I... Uh, I'm a member of the UPMI Prayer Club. And the reason he says that next is so that they won't think that you're trying to recruit them for, you know, to join a church or something like that. And would you like me to offer a prayer for you now? And, and, and if they say yes, would you like the book? And then he's got a book into their hands, a spiritual book. Isn't that a beautiful way to transition to um, spiritual things? The Holy Spirit can reach us when we've got better blood flow to our frontal lobes. We want to be able to hear that still, small voice. Engine 2 Extra is a completely secular subscription program where for $120 a year, you can um, sign up for that, and you can be seeing 100 different videos that are embedded there uh, to teach you all these things. You can, every week there's a celebrity um, guest interview. There's focus groups, moms with toddlers, uh, diabetics, cancer patients, moms with teenagers, how to cook this way. Um, Let's take back the health message. Here you can see um, drcarney.com where you can, for those of you who are not here at the beginning, if you would like a handout, you can go to the article section of drcarney.com. I'll have it up, God willing, by um, Wednesday. And you can see the scientific references for everything that I've said there. And um, Operation Blueprint, um, let's partner together as doctors. And I want to tell you that I have been very blessed to be able to share short versions of these kinds of talks with audiences that are 
geographically way far from me. I'm sitting in my office just south of Austin, Texas, and I've, and I've sent a, a PowerPoint to him, and he's clicking through the PowerPoint slides, and they're hearing my voice, and it's a little health nugget for evangelism. Go to the booth for um, Forever Free Ministries, and, um, and uh, Steve and Cindy Kaiser are here, and they want to sign you up. You can do these talks uh, probably better than I can. You, you can um, share, and, and let's let the pastors and the, and the doctors join together, and let's, let's do Skype evangelism. It's not that hard. We can do this together. Thank you so much for your kind attention and time. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.